0: This is The Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring
1: Outlet, the flooring experts. I got Floor.com.
2: Hamsters out there.
3: Yeah, hamster size um, snowflakes, they call that.
2: Yeah, oh, that's a patented word by our good friend Dave Murray. He'll Dave be Murray. back with us again tomorrow at 3.30. You'll hear his weather forecast
3: here at the bottom Boy, of the hour. Well, he nailed this one. Yesterday, he absolutely nailed this forecast.
2: Well, you know, he's been predicting that this was going to come, and he kept yeah. telling everybody, hey, chill out. It's going to be fine. It's just going to yeah. be a little bit of snow. Flushy. And it, it, it doesn't seem like we're going through the same frantic nonsense we usually do. Well, it's not sticking it, to the yeah. streets.
3: That's the that's difference. Once, once the snow starts sticking to the streets, that's when... That's when it all breaks loose around here.
2: Yeah, that's when the uh, the the schnooks like we look like we're in a third world country because everybody just goes and raids. Man, em.
3: I was at Schnooks on what was it, New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve Eve? Uh huh. That line around the Boca building. Out. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, ditto. I mean, wow. Now, to their credit, they move that sucker right along. Yeah. I mean, I, I was not there as long I, as I thought I was going to be
2: there. I was in a Walgreens to pick up a gift card.
3: That's it? Yeah.
2: Well, just recently. Yeah. And uh, it was one of those days before Christmas. And you know how the Walgreens, you walk in one corner and the other corner is where the, uh, the pharmacy is? Yes. And they want you to walk through all their stuff. Everything. So I, I went and got my gift card. It was right at the front. To get in the line, I had to go all the way back to the pharmacy. Wow. There must have been 30 people in front of me.
1: Wow. Yeah, That's a lot of
3: people. That time of year. It is. You know, we spent a lot of time over the course of this year and last year and the year before that, for that matter, talking about crime in St. Louis. And it is a big problem. And, you know, you people decry the fact that there aren't enough police officers uh, in the city. And they're not. They're understaffed, by, undercensused by, what, 350, you said? I think it might be even 400. I don't know. But it's a lot. And, you know, it's hard to— People aren't going to the academies like they used to, and and the the pay disparities that exist. There's fifty seven <laughs> or fifty eight. There, there's a whole bunch of police departments just in St. Louis City and it's County. Insane. And so I think I don't know if this will work, but I think I may have a solution here. Do tell. Um, so right now, St. Louis County police officers um, contract with a lot of the smaller municipalities, or in some cases, not even the smaller ones, like Wildwood, their police is contracted through St. Louis County. St. Louis County patrols Wildwood, and they've got Wildwood on the car, but it's a St. Louis County police car and a St. Louis County police officer patrolling Wildwood. There are other pockets up in North County where some of these municipalities are patrolled by St. Louis County. What would prohibit, because the city of St. Louis has money now, what would prohibit the city of St. Louis from contracting with the St. Louis County Police Department and and bringing some of those officers to patrol the streets in the city, the county officers are here for the ball games, right? They're here for the Blues games. Why couldn't they have a contract and that way, whatever your shortage situation may be right now in St. Louis City, you could largely address that by bringing county officers <laughs> in and assisting in patrolling the streets. And it's certainly in the high crime periods uh in the evenings and overnight and so forth and why couldn't that work well it makes perfect
2: sense to me and it, it, most of those officers at one time or another probably did a tour duty in the city of st yeah. louis too so it's not like they're going blind into an area they're unused to many of these guys retire men and women retire and go out to or, or louis st louis, louis, louis county for mm-hmm. when they're, they're ready i it did What's most disappointing about what happened with um, Better Together? Better Together, and I, I truly believe there was an effort to con, the, the to demonize it from some folks inside the press. There were a couple of issues with it, but the one that was the most logical to me was what we do as it relates to police and, uh, right. and, and first responders. Um, it just, w- there's no difference between this side of skinker and that side no. of skinker when it comes to criminals. Um, and what, what the difference is, is that the police cars, you know, all have different names on them and stuff and why we haven't consolidated policing into one area. Now, th- what does that mean? Does that mean that all the people in the county are going to be paying to send cops into the city? No. What it means is that we're going to have a level of patrol that would be reasonable across the region. And then when we have an issue like a ball game, or we have a problem like a Ferguson situation right. or another disturbance that maybe pops up out at Riverport or pick a location, we would have ample resources to be able to send folks over there to deal with it while also keeping a level of service. Oh, The fire departments do that. And the fire departments do do that right now. You're yep. exactly right, John. And, you know, the policing thing, it just seems like such a no brainer. And you know what I'm afraid of is that it it's this this conversation. I feel like it will probably go on for the rest of my life. Yeah. About what we ought to be doing to change governments in St. Louis, but it really is common sense, and the sky's not gonna fall. We can go to communities not far from here, Indianapolis, Louisville, who've all done exactly what it is that we're talking about. They've been able to lower their tax rate as a result of this. You are not, you don't need 52 chiefs right. if you've got one unified police department. You don't need 300 colonels. Uh, you don't need, you know, clerk, staff, et cetera. And that money could be going into helping policing. The idea that you have is incredible because what it does right there is it's probably the least disruptive to the current system. Because right. in St. Louis, we like to do things the way we've always done them because that's really working well. Um, But if we did have that contract and we maybe made all of the region contracted, maybe that's another way to skin this cat.
3: Could be. I I just, you know, I've been thinking about for a while now because it's, a yes, you need more officers. Officers are harder to find. I suspect that um, because officers are so much harder to find that – you know, the, maybe some of the folks that might be the very, very best police officers decide not to go into policing anymore. Yeah, and you know, it, it's a way. It's a way to address the problem because I haven't heard anybody, anybody argue that there are enough police off. Well, except for you know, Corey Bush and people, right? But I haven't heard anybody argue that there are an ample number of police officers for the city of St. Louis as it is now, given the the level of crime that exists and. You know that would, in theory, solve that problem.
2: Well, the other thing is, is and you know, and obviously we can put a spotlight on it since Ferguson, but there's been this erosion of the support of police officers, not only in St. Louis but across the, the country, country, yeah. Um, to the point where, and let's use this example of this crash, whatever happened in in South St. Louis, which you know the police have totally bungled this narrative. <laughs> the bar. But if you've watched social media and you've listened to local talk shows, people are attacking these local local these officers, you know, not just those two officers that, you know, these officers are out of control. They need more training, you know, this, that and the other. We are asking more of officers than we've ever asked them to do. We've asked them. we're asking them to be a counselor a drug treatment therapist, uh, a domestic abuse uh, counselor, a person who's going to go chase bad guys, some places uh, somebody who's going to uh, help with a drug overdose. A hostage situation. But we're not willing to pay for it. And then we want to go and beat these folks bloody blue with their, you know, with the slander and going after them to the point that You know, I don't hear kids saying someday I want to grow up and be a police officer. I I want to be a a police Exactly, that is a very noble profession. It is, and cops are good people. And goodness gracious, if we don't have good people as cops, we're you know go to Mexico and see what happens when you just let anybody become a cop and the bad guys are in charge. And I just I don't like it, and I don't know. it, it's hard because I have cops in my family, and I don't see the pride in supporting officers so that p- younger people want to get involved in that profession, like maybe a guy whose dad was a pipe fitter wanted to become a pipe fitter or right. an accountant. Yeah, uh, that, That's dying as a result of this attack on officers I just simply don't get. Look, some of these police are bad. Uh, by the way, some of my coworkers in every building I've ever been in are bad. But guess what? That doesn't in the say who the entire group is. Exactly. And what we've got to do to fix this crime problem in St. Louis, what we're doing right now is not working, John. And one of the things I like about what great St. Louis or whatever our new Chamber of Commerce is, call, is called these days mm-hmm. is saying, hey, we're St. Louis made, but maybe we think need to do things a little bit differently and we can do things collectively differently. I hope that that will become a regional push. The state better get invested in this because if St. Louis continues on the trajectory it's in, you need to only go a couple of states north to Michigan and look at Detroit and see what's going to happen. St. Louis is going to become the problem of the state of Missouri. Yes,
3: I do think that is inevitable. And, And that's exactly what happened to Detroit. They went into receivership. The state took it over and the state ran it. And now... And there's, there's a lot of money in Detroit. And a lot, decades of, a lot of business. it took to recover yeah,
2: from right. them taking well, it they, over. They've come a long way back. Well, I Detroit. mean, there was only one way to go. Yeah. And don't you feel like that's where we're at sometimes?
3: I do. And and it just, you know, you, you want to think that the people we put in office are, are there to think about creative ways to solve problems. Okay? Crime's a problem. And – are there are there no creative solutions to address what we're dealing with? I think there are. I offered one earlier, and and we it doesn't seem as if we're trying anything differently, and we're getting the same result over and over and over again.
2: The um, regional uh, gateway, what do they call that? The the the, the regional government group uh, in St. Louis, East West Gateway. East West Gateway really mm-hmm. recently had a. A crime hearing where they we did. had St. Charles and everybody sitting around the table. those states. I guess they came out with some recommendations, which, you know, sounded like, hey, let's put some more police and coordinate well, I mean, that together.
3: Fundamentally, <laughs> having more police on the streets is going to help things. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, maybe there's a way to add more police on these streets. And maybe it's as simple as signing a contract. City's got money. Sign a contract with St. Louis County and allow those officers to come and patrol St. Louis streets. I write thank you notes. Do you? I don't write thank I you I want to ask you about thank you notes and proper
2: etiquette after this right here on KMLX. All right.
3: Now back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Inspirity HR that makes a difference on News Radio 1120
2: KMOX. Happy Wednesday, St. Louis. It's 4:20 in St. Louis in downtown St. Louis, right here on KMOX. Just a couple days after Christmas. Yes. And John, you know I'm a I'm a thank you note writer. I, my mother and father were big into writing thank you notes. I know you are. And so they, we, it didn't matter what happened in our lives. We had to sit down and write thank you notes. And it's a, it's a, it's a skill or a, a courtesy or a behavior. Yes. A character, I am, a character. Yeah. I am glad that I have absorbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not as tidy to it as I should be, uh, but at least twice a month, I will sit down and do my best to come up with a list of everybody who'd done something kind to me or I, I had met with mm. that I should write a letter now, put out. Uh, put aside people that you interact with on a daily basis. I don't write you thank you notes. You don't. I buy you lunch.
3: You do.
2: Um, but uh, so here's my question Thank you notes. I'm asking a guy who doesn't write thank you notes. Well, I do. Okay. I, I do write thank All you right. notes. All right. But a thank you note, do I.
3: Thank you notes for Christmas? No. Why not? Because it's a gift giving time, you're giving gifts, they're giving gifts, everybody's giving gifts. But I really don't give gifts. Well, then if you feel compelled, write a thank you note. Yeah, but if you're giving gifts and they're giving gifts and you're giving gifts to them and they're giving gifts to you, then there's no need. The, the gift itself is a thank you note. Thank you for being somebody for whom I have to spend money and buy this gift.
2: Really? Yep. Yeah, because I, I I'm so I've got a couple of family members. Well, they're all family that I would need to write thank you notes to. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm fearful of. All right. After the first of the year, I'm going to open that mailbox, and there's going to be my mother's handwriting that's going to say, Michael, thank you for the greatest Christmas, blah, blah, blah. Oh. And then it'll come my in. Then it'll come some of my sisters, mm-hmm. and I will have taken your advice and not written a thank you note. Yeah. I wonder if people write thank you notes. Hey, is it any weirder than sending out a Christmas card? I mean, you know, if somebody writes you a thank you note. Well, wow, yeah, I mean, a really... thank you
3: note's know, great. When, when uh, somebody has you over for dinner uh-huh. at their home, yeah. and they cook dinner and you enjoy the evening together, yes, yeah, send them a thank you note. That was a lovely is evening. Is that the reason I haven't been invited
2: back yet, is I didn't write a thank you note <laughs> I mean, after that last time?
3: <laughs> no, no. no. You're.
2: Uh, I'll there. have you over for dinner you've at got, my house, except we just have to get takeout. Open invitation. You've got an open invitation. You know, I moved into that place in the west end yeah and i i I had to get it redone before i moved in of course and i bought all these appliances yeah and every time i I start to think i'm gonna cook i think why did i spend all this money on these appliances because i live out ever
3: see i never cooked ever yeah and um now i enjoy it do you yes huh have have you not had the experience i do
2: i mean i like to cook i like to grill in the summertime but i'm talking about creating
3: you know yeah I know. I like to bake. I made. Oh, tell me. I made Morton's Cream Spinach recipe.
1: The what? Other
3: night. Yes. How'd you do that? Oh, I got the recipe online. Online? Yeah. Morton's, you know, the yeah. steakhouse. The cream spinach. Does
2: it use heavy whipping cream? It does. And that's it was, terrible for you, isn't
3: it? And, you know, in moderation. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so you got this, I mean, oh, it was outstanding. I was can't it? remember all the little stuff, but there's a lot of little touches that make it Morton's. And, uh, really? Yeah. Well,
2: Give me one sw- surprise. Worcestershire sauce in there? No, there's something. I can't remember what it How was. How do you say that? Worcestershire or Worcestershire? Uh, Worcestershire. What I again? Worcestershire. Worcestershire? Worcestershire. What is Worcestershire sauce?
3: Well, it's uh, it's a combination of uh, of uh, herbs and spices. What do you use it on? Yeah, You can use it on your meat to to uh, marinate. Uh-huh. And you can use it on, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah, I don't know what you use Worcestershire sauce on. Well, it's on. good. You, you don't want to drink it. See, I'm
2: a uh, fan of soy sauce, but I'm using an alternative to soy sauce these days. Oh? Amino acids. What? Amino acids. Tastes just oh, well, like... That doesn't sound good. It's got a little less salt. It's a little better for you. Amino Tastes acids. Tastes just like amino acids, or amino acids, however you amino say acids. it. Amino acids. Tastes just like um, uh, soy sauce. So what I like to do with my meat <laughs> is uh, put it in a like a Ziploc bag. Yeah. With a little bit of garlic. Chopped up garlic, yeah, yeah. salt and pepper, yeah, yeah. and some of this amino acids. Uh-huh. And I'll let that stuff sit in there for thirty minutes. Thirty minutes to an hour, you know, room temperature. Mm-hmm. Let that stuff soak in there and then take it to um take it to the grill. To the and, grill. And 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 grill. Now I'm also getting good in the wintertime. I'm not allowed to use my grill. Uh you know, in the winter time. Use used my grill last night. So I have to use the uh the oven, and I'm I'm getting pretty good at broiling meat too. Is that right? Yeah, I'm able to like. All, kind so there's of regulate a, there's a
3: marinade on the market that um I think is. I mean, you can make your own marinade, and it sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah, but it's called Dale's. Have Dale? you seen this stuff?
2: No, it's got a little cow
3: it. on the on the cover. Of okay, it. and you marinate your beef in there. Uh huh. Whew, it's great. Really, I think it's great. I mean, and I so what
2: is it, it like? Uh, you find it where you get the the the, the, the marinades, barbecue sauce, and yeah, stuff right. like that. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. You
2: ought to try it sometime. Is that what Worcestershire sauce is? Is it well, essentially something for, some for a marinade?
3: I, I think that's right. I, I don't... Uh, not a Worcestershire no. aficionado. You're
2: not a Worcestershire aficionado.
3: What do you think of the concept of
2: writing thank you notes via email? Or text? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Well, text is a little different. You and I go to lunch. Hey, Mike, thanks for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never have to send you one of those, by the way. Right. And, and uh-huh. so... Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding.
3: So, uh, uh, <laughs> but I really. think I think that the thank you is uh, just the expression is sufficient. So, yeah. if it's a text message, if it's an email, if it's a note uh, in the mail. Now, are you a are you a one are you a note card thank you guy? I am. And so it's one side, two sentences. You sign your name,
2: right? Two sentences. So, uh, and by the way. You remember Tom Eagleton. I do. The great senator from uh, Missouri. Um, he was a notorious note writer. Yeah, right. Uh, to friend Dan Foe, mm-hmm. he would write a note. And I have a couple of Tom Eagleton notes that he wrote me that oh, I've wow. kept.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, and so I always feel like there's something special. And The, the kids at Did the office, a- the people I work with, yeah. they make fun of me. Huh. They're like, literally, you wrote me a note, you threw it in the mail and mailed it back to the place you wrote it from. Yeah. To say thank you for something, and nice I was like, I
3: know, but that's what my mom told me I yeah. had to do. Now, did Tom Eagleton sign his cards? Tom, Tom Eagleton, T, how did he sign them? T-E? I need to go back and look, but
2: I want to say mine said Tom Eagleton. Now, you know, comes on a stationery. This is when right. he was, I knew him as when he was a retired senator. Yeah. So he would come on a Tom Eagleton stationery, and I think he was at, what was it? He? he was at, uh, uh Bryan, One of the law no, firms. No, um. Thompson Coburn. Thompson Coburn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he wrote, signed it Thomas Eagleton. Tom Eagleton. Well, but maybe
3: it was Tom. I need to check. Well, you check on that, and when we come back, we're gonna check on chat. That's next on KMOX. X.
1: Happy holidays from
2: KMOX. <laughs> <laughs>
3: What's he saying? Domo orogato, Mister Roboto. Domo D- ormagato, Mister Roboto. That sticks. Is it? That's from the Mister Roboto album. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a computerized voice. Something. Well, it's synthesized. Synthesized.
2: Synthesized voice, as well, they say. So let me tell you a quick story. So right. the other day, I'm hanging out at the family thing, and these people who are school teachers were yeah. sitting there talking. Yeah. And the biggest thing they're dealing with right now is these kids who are getting assigned homework or write a paper or blah, 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 Uh using chat GPT to be able to write their uh, papers, et cetera, and provide ideas. Do they get busted? Well, they said that in most instances they can spot that this was done by a computer and not written by a person. But it got me to thinking because John – Everybody's out there doing this. If if these professors at college are using this stuff are are fearful of it, I feel like I'm my parents with the VCR back in the eighties. I didn't know how they didn't know how to operate it. They needed us to do it. And time's moving on, and you and I don't know how to use ChatGPT. Oh, yeah. It's just it's
3: just, you just you
2: type in stuff in there. So we thought we'd get the tech guy, right. uh, the KMOX tech guy. You're the tech reporter, are you not? Innovation. The innovation Anything reporter. Is possible, Michael. With <laughs> Michael Calhoun, who, by the way, may I tell you, you have some magnificent hair. Uh, thank you. I, I was just doing pointing to it it. But you have to maintain that stuff. You can't have locks that thick and long and not spend a little time... You know, with, with extra product and stuff.
1: Yeah, I have to do a lot more time before getting out the door in the morning, that's do, for sure. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Have you used ChatGPT? Yeah, it's simple. You just ask it what you want it to do. That's what well, I it's, where, it's a, But just where is it? Like, where do you product? go to use this? You uh, go to the OpenAI website. Mm-hmm. Just OpenAI.
2: And, and you either, can ask it any question. You can ask you that? it, yeah. Hey, have you done this, Hancock?
3: No, but I
1: know how it works. I. This they, is how he wrote his monologue to start the show. They, they pay, <laughs> <laughs>
3: believe me, I didn't. Uh, they pay me to know these things, Michael. Yeah. I, you got to keep up with the times.
2: Well, I feel like I need to keep up with the times. What have you used it to do, Mike? I know you're not using it to do t- uh,
1: I've just experimented with it Yeah, and tried to, you know, and there's the, the Bing version, which uses the OpenAI version. There are other companies which also have their own. Some of them are more creative. Yeah, Some of better. them are more analytical. Some of them are more accurate. Some dude. of them are more accurate. Yep. Some of them uh, are just limited to what their brain basically was formed with uh, and stopped in, you know, 2020. Some of are hooked into, you know, search engines, Google, Bing, and can search the Internet and bring in new information. But basically what it is, somebody described this to me as, you know, imagine you don't speak a foreign language Chinese, okay. and you get somebody who passes through, you know, a, a slot in the wall, a paper to you with some Chinese characters. You're like, I don't know what these mean, but I'm going to go to the stack of paper and find the same characters... And send something back based on that. Like these AI don't necessarily know what they're doing, Uh but they know the words that you put in and how in the millions of things that they've read, how in other situations those words have related together. And so let's take that and send some more words back that fit with what we've learned.
2: And so these kids are—they can write full papers for these folks. You could or? say,
1: right? You can even say, make it X number of words. Yep. Write it in this tense. Write it—you can give it all sorts of very specific parameters huh. as stylistic guidelines. Yeah, and it will write follow right. those
3: five hundred page report on the, the nineteen twelve presidential election in the active voice.
2: Nice. Does this as the innovation? It may be uh, wrong. Do
1: you... It may make up some facts yeah. to fill it out, but... Does this scare you? Oh, sure. Because what we're talking about here are... You know, a couple of years ago, I did an interview with a St. Louis company that's working on AI, talking about how, oh, your HR department, this takes care of so much of the stuff that you would normally go to them for. We talk about open AI and attorneys using it to yep. write briefs and stuff like yep. that. This is... We have been so worried as a society, as a country, looking at technology... Robots, the assembly line. What's it going to do for blue collar jobs? Mm-hmm. Well, here it is, and it's going after white collar jobs. Right, it's going after the information, the knowledge jobs. Now it's not there yet, but we've seen how fast it moves. Yeah. So, oh, I'm gonna have to spend some time with that.
2: What well, could I, could, could I put my picture into it and tell me? Tell me what my kids will look like.
1: Yeah. Seriously. You might have to put in.
2: Oh, I would you'd love to would have, to my my have a female in there yeah. too, Michael. Well, uh, Charlize <laughs> on. that's a given. So I, I throw a picture of me and Charlize in there and say, Tell me what my kids are going to look like. Yeah. And it will be able to do that.
3: Well, it'll tell you something. That's like, pretty incredible. You'd have to have, actually have the kid in order to see if it was right. All right, I'm willing. Uh, so I, we, I'll tell you how it affects me. Uh-huh. My business—I do politics. What? No kidding. Yeah, and and one <laughs> of the about this. one of the services <laughs> we provide for clients is opposition research. Right. This thing, at some point soon, I fear, is going to put us out of business because campaigns will be able to say, "Give me Nikki Haley's position on gun control, mm-hmm. Every, everything she's ever done, said, you know, enacted about gun, and, and within seconds." You've got a report. Now, we did this. We tested it, my partner, who does the research. Right. And thankfully, when he did it, they gave a bunch of bad information back. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But at some point, they're going to get that thing to where services like research can be done by this system far less expensive and far quicker than human beings can do it.
1: But then that raises the question of... Sure, it can research past votes or what she said on social media or in debates or on on media in right. interviews. But isn't a lot of opposition research like shoe leather, almost reporting and going out and talking to people and seeing what's been done outside of the public eye? That and happens. The human to human aspect it, it, that happens,
3: but not that often. Okay. Yeah. It, um, because you know, I don't want to get into the weeds, but. What we deliver to a client is documentation that they can use and cite. Mm. So, if somebody says, "Oh, well, th- this was the problem with the whole Russian thing," uh, uh, that that uh, Christopher Steele Steele did. In the dossier about Trump. He did what you were talking. We went out and talked to people and they told him these stories about golden showers and Mm. different things. And so that kind of stuff would never be in one of our research packages because you can't cite it. You can't document Uh, it. So that's uh, so we stick to the public right now. What we do have to do less so now than back in the day is send shoe leather into county courthouses to get documents that aren't otherwise online. Oh, yeah. And that, is, you know, thankfully, that's gotten to be less of a problem. But it's still, you know, especially in some of the rural areas, does he pay his property taxes? You can't tell online, so you got to go to the courthouse and you got to look but, it up.
2: So eventually, though, these machines are going to be so good that if the kid says, "Hey, write me a paper on, uh, you know, photosynthesis at an eighth grade level," um, this machine's going to be able to do it, and the, some teacher is not going to be able to tell that the machine did it and the kid. Didn't. That's possible.
1: They talk about should there be a law or is this something the industry would do on its own to put like watermarks on this kind of work or some sort of hidden thing? Just Uh like with audio, sometimes there are tones that we can't pick up with our human ears. Maybe there's some sort of a mark on everything created by AI that says this is where it came from. Uh, I, I don't I know. I wonder
2: if those 90 year olds in the United States Senate will be able to come up with that type of a law. I look forward to the hearing. <laughs> Ditto, right? Where's the power on button? Yeah. I, I do feel like when it comes to tech, that government is so far oh, behind yeah. in being able to and the
1: companies regulate now, it
3: because it, it's, it's like the, our Even remotes. on the staff side, even on the staffing side right. in, in Washington. Yeah. Which
1: you'd think they have a lot of younger staffers.
3: They do. They do, but they these are young kids that studied political science. They didn't study, mm. you know. Yeah, and
2: now they're showing up having to deal with some Jack Dorsey prodigy who knows more than yeah. than they do. And, and now you're
1: set, sent to be the regulator of a business you don't understand? And those tech guys, Mark Zuckerberg, et cetera, are saying, we don't want to do anything. Regulate us, and we'll comply with the law that you think we should be right. doing, but we don't want to go— above and beyond on our own, it's kind of odd to think about companies saying, give us more regulation. Right. This scares us, too.
2: Please come and be the adult here. Don't leave it to us. Or you take responsibility for
1: putting these safeguards on as opposed to us. Elon Musk, you know, I know he's got a lot of issues. So,
2: But this one thing he did say that I heard him say in some talk that stuck with me is he said, soon we will be able to move, make a robot that moves faster than your eye. And that's scary if you think about it. If they can send a robot in to go rob your
1: house before you even know the robot's in the house, goodness gracious, how are we going to control this? I went to South by Southwest, you know, the big thing Uh in Austin seven years ago or so. One of the things I saw was this um, agency down there did this event where they put a taser on a drone Uh and then got an intern to volunteer. Had a helmet on and GoPros and everything. And the moment the AI on the drone camera sensed that this uh, intern had turned around like he was going to run, out go the the taser, and right into his back, he falls to the ground. All through the drone, autonomous, based on what it recognized his behavior being. Here's Michael Calhoun, Mr. Renovation, right there. (laughs) What do you got coming up for us at 5 o'clock? 5 o'clock, such a big week when it comes to, this is supposed to be a slow news week. But we've had, like, 10 restaurants announced or moving or growing or just oh. incredible stuff, cool. uh, St. Louis. So we're going to get awesome. into that at 520. I love what you're up to
2: with from the 5 to 6 program, Mike. Keep it Thank up. Thank you. That's Michael Calhoun. That's John Hancock. When we come back, we'll be with the sports fella. Yeah, Matt Pauly. Matt Pauly right here on KMOX. Dumbo. 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 Well, we stole this name from uh, Amy and Chris, We the sports fella, Matt Pauly, who's doing sports open line tonight from 6 to 8, right? Oh, yep. Well, both two hours. Kind enough to come in and join Hancock and Kelly. That is if, kind of him. If I would have asked you at the beginning of the year, hey, Matt Pauly, I got a wager for you. Mizzou will play Ohio State in a bowl game, and at time... The goal game starts. Mizzou will be favored. What would
0: you have said to me? I would have said Ohio State must have had a really bad season <laughs> if that happened because they're playing in the quick lane bowl or something. <laughs> yeah. I would have never. I, and this is a credit to Missouri because I thought the, the ceiling on this team was like maybe seven wins. Yeah. And right. uh, obviously having a 10-win season, it should have been 11. They should have yes, beat LSU. Have. Um, that's, a, that's a fantastic season. So what's the difference? Is it this coach? That's a great question. They've had the talent, like they've mm-hmm. underachieved the last few years because Drink has recruited at a really high level. I don't know what made it all come together this year. I think it helped that Drinkwitz is kind of the CEO more now, and the the offense they coordinator it, gets to do his thing. In. Yeah, uh, Moore comes in as the offense coordinator. Uh, their mm. defense coordinator is really good at his job, it's second straight year. So I think I think roles have been defined and people have been put into the lanes where they do their job the best.
2: Drinkowitz, to me, seems like a funny, kind of silly guy. Um, I don't see him as a Nick Saban type, like all business. Um, So I'm kind of thrilled to see this happening for this guy.
0: Obviously, it's translating into recruits. Kids must like this personality. Yeah, I I say this all the time. I didn't know much about him. I just kind of saw him from afar. And honestly, from not knowing him, he kind of turned me off. And then he was, I'm,
3: what, from Appalachian State? Yeah, Appalachian
0: yes. State, and he, and he did a really nice job there. That's yeah. a pretty good program yeah. uh, there. Uh, so then I, I met him this past year. He was at uh, the Cardinals for, at Bush Day for a Cardinals game, and, man, that guy's charismatic. You meet him, you talk to him for two minutes, you feel like you're connected with him, and my, my opinion on him changed just based off our two-, three-minute interaction. Well, he's got
3: to have something going for him it, because he's done it just stellar job recruiting yeah, and uh, not just Missouri, but he's he's getting the talent out of Missouri, but he's recruiting all over the
0: country. And he, he does it again with bravado. They'll put up uh, billboards in cities that they go pull kids out. And, you know, it's just, it's, he has, the way he's acting, he has to win because if he does those things and he's losing, it looks really bad. But when he's doing those things while winning, it's fun.
3: So I'm fascinated by this Russell Wilson situation in Denver, they signed him a couple of seasons ago to this massive contract. It's not gone great. And what's happening now? What would they was some announcement today that, yes. that they benched him? So he's
0: benched. He's done for the year and he's gonna get released in the off season. <sighs> the more interesting part of this story is Uh, They went to him a few weeks ago and asked him to waive a clause in his contract where his contract was guaranteed for injury. This was reported by Bleacher Report earlier Mm -hmm. today. Fantastic reporting. So they went to him a few weeks ago and said, we're going to bench you. Unless you waive the clause in your contract that guarantees you all your money in case you get injured. Yeah. And he said, of course not. No. And the NFLPA and I guess a lot of other people got involved behind the scenes and eventually got to today. They are, they don't want him to get injured in these final two games where they're on the hook for every single dollar that they owe him for the rest of his contract. So they're going to bench him for financial reasons. They'll release him in the off season. They're still going to pay boatloads of money. It's going to be a horrible cap hit for him. Yeah. but it's not going to be as bad as just being stuck with the contract.
3: How are they gonna How are they gonna field the team, a competitive team next year with that albatross? And it may it may be two years, right?
0: Yeah, maybe maybe somehow they find a team that'd be interested in them and they get to mitigate something. I don't I don't see that. That seems like an untradable contract to I me. I want
3: one
2: of these jobs that somebody pays me hundred million dollars to go away. I could, you know, I
0: could just get paid to leave. What a deal! That was like, it Coach, is. Coach, uh... you got to trick somebody to get it to to give you a big contract, and then you got to do really bad at your job. Yeah. That was That's like the coach o,
3: what was his name, Coach O at LSU? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they well, fired the Texas
0: him. A&M coach, Jimbo Fisher, yeah. he's he just got the largest buyout yeah. in the history of college oh, athletics. I wasn't bad either. No, uh, it was not it, bad. But
3: and, and they, they said when he was in the office, and they told him what his they were firing him. And they told him we'll we'll give you I th- I want to say it was like 120 million dollars or something, and he said I had two questions, and they said yes. Where do I sign, and what door you want me to go out? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh, the Jimbo Bish uh, the Jimbo Fisher buyout was 77 million dollars. Wow. I'd He's like he's gonna get paid 77 million. dollars wow. and hey, he'll get picked up. And it doesn't matter. A lot of these contracts have these clauses where if you go get another, another job, job somewhere else, yeah. it offsets. Uh-huh. No. no offset language. So he gets his $77 million no matter what he's doing next year. What state's he in? Uh, he was in Texas. It was at Texas A&M.
3: Jimbo Fisher for Congress. I can see it now.
0: <laughs> can, the old Auburn the, coach uh, huh? went into uh, politics. Yeah, um, yeah. Tommy Tuberville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Lord. <laughs> really? <laughs> we got to go, don't we? <laughs> No, oh, we got a minute. Oh, we got a whole minute
2: here. So is Russell done? Or Somebody will try to rehabilitate him or use him again, and won't may, they?
0: Well, is he willing to go somewhere and compete for a job is probably going to be yeah. the question for him. Um, I think he's done. I and I I was a big Russell Wilson guy when he was in Seattle. I really he's not really that old, liked him. Thirty
3: four five. Yeah, but
0: you know what? Different athletes, different ages. It goes. Man. You know, especially the way he uses his legs and everything. I just I, I don't think he's got much left in the tank. Mm. Take wow. take your money. Be married what to Ciara, a Massive
3: miscalculation. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, hope you hope know, to we signed Ciara, the Cardinals. Man. The Cardinals signed Brett Cecil. That was a bad deal. But this thing. Because this is one of, of the, the worst money. contracts in the history Ever. of the NFL. Yeah. Ever. Yep. I mean, that's just incredible. Absolutely incredible! Who you got on the show tonight?
0: Uh, Daniel Guerrero is going to uh, join us. Uh, Let's see. uh, Chris Travino from Mizzou Athletics is going to join us, and somebody else who I can't think of off the top of my head. Well, John
3: Hancock,
2: Michael Kelly. We got to
3: do this again tomorrow, don't we? We'll be back.
0: See you then, guys. Thanks for listening.
3: Thanks, Matt (laughs) Pajeski.